we were just talking about that with the tea. I'm like, I yeah. just made this. I didn't make it to not drink it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, thank you so much for tuning in with us here at Mocha Talk and Caffeine Dreams. I am your host, Ashley Finley, and I'm super excited to be able to talk with Jade today who is super interesting and I'm just reading through the notes. I'm like, there's so much here. I'm like, we're going to get through it all. Don't worry. (laughs) Every single thing. Cause I feel like, um, the world needs to know. (laughs) So Jade, if you don't mind, just give us kind of like a a little elevator pitch about yourself. Uh, let's see. So I'm Jade. (laughs) Um, I'm a music therapist. Mm -hmm. I've been certified for about four years. Um, I've moved a lot. Uh, what else? I, I don't know. I hang out sometimes. <laughs> I hang out sometimes. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'm an introvert. I like the people watch. Mm. Um, what else? I don't have a very good elevator pitch for myself. <laughs> I think that was a wonderful <laughs> elevator pitch. Is like, I'm a music therapist. I move around and I hang out sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we really need to know. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I mean, I guess it's true. It's true. You exist. You're here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. No, it's okay. I found myself kind of doing the same on an event I spoke at yesterday and I was like, hi, Ashley. Uh, Sometimes I help people have babies and I don't know. I'm around. (laughs) That was like my full intro of myself. It can be hard, but that's why I'm here, right? To like really dig into your business so I hope you're okay with that we'll see (laughs) so tell us about music therapy where did this passion come from how did you get into it um I was one of those kids that always knew what I wanted to be Mm. when I grew up and um in high school I uh got really dedicated to the music therapy and I've always been in music Mm. and uh music has been there for me very therapeutically throughout my life. And I discovered it somewhere, I think in some kind of news article Mm -hmm. about a local music therapist in the area back in uh, Wisconsin where I live. Okay. And um, it was just, I don't know, I I wanted to do something music, but I didn't want to kind of ruin a passion of mine at the same time. Like I'm a composer, so I wanted to be a composer, but then having a deadline and the idea of composing other pieces for other people's ideas and not being able to commission your own and kind of like ruins it a little bit. So it's like, how do I take something that I really love, but then also like a skill that I'm good at and combine it? Mm. And music therapy ended up being the answer. That's amazing. So, um, yeah, and then I, I went through college and uh, came out here for my internship and now I, now I work out here. And now you're so, here. <laughs> yeah, and then your, your other part of the question, what is music therapy? So um, music therapy is scientific based. So it's not exactly sound therapy or like sound bath, stuff like that. It's kind of the unresearched, uh, non-proven area of of music and all that stuff. Um, Music therapy is more, um, it can be behavioral based. It can be educational based. We can work in a lot of different settings. Uh, So the place that I work is uh, inpatient psych. So Mm. crisis inpatient psych. Mm. Uh, so people who um, uh, relapse or 
attempt suicide or feel like they might attempt suicide, mm -hmm. um, people who need to detox, people who uh, are off their medications and are having a mm -hmm. psychotic break, cause a scene, get arrested, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and they need to just be somewhere for like a week or two to just kind of stabilize to go back out mm -hmm. or to go to a different permanent treatment okay. or more a long-term rehab, something like that. And um, so what I do with music therapy is a lot of lyric analysis. So talking about what does this song mean? How does it relate to you? Sometimes we rewrite the words to make it more personal to their journey wow. so they can kind of overcome some of their own personal things. Because uh, sometimes it's easier to talk about somebody else, right? right? Instead of my own personal experience, let's talk about this person's suicidal ideation and the proof in the song and what kind of feelings go around that? What advice would you give them? And it's kind of a way to wow. talk about stuff without being so direct. Right. Uh, I also do experiential. Music therapy can be experiential. Okay. Uh, sometimes I just sing at them. Like, let's just hang out and play music for a little while. Uh, give them drums to play. Um, Sometimes it's meditation, guiding through them through meditation, mm -hmm. trying to engage their imagination a little bit, and uh, emotion. A lot of people are in that state, kind of are afraid to feel, mm. so music kind of draws that emotion out. Yeah. Yeah, all different. I could talk for no. the next three hours. Good. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is amazing. And it seems like, one, not only is it like, something that's really versatile and and again like how we were talking about like being able to shift and evolve and transition right but it also seems like something that can like hearing you talk about it I'm having like a kind of like a cathartic response you know like especially hearing you talk about like what you were saying like with lyric lyric analysis is something I'm like thinking in my head like there's so many songs that I have a really visceral response to. And sometimes I know why that is. Like, I was telling you, I was showing you those TikToks, right? Like, about the Blackbird song. And, um, like, having someone to be able, I think, to explore with, like, that with, especially if you're a person who is uh, dealing with or overcoming something, um whether that be like mental illness or whatever, you know, I think that must be incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, music activates almost the whole brain. It's one of the only things on earth that does that wow. to a human. And um, it also bypasses the frontal lobe, which is where our, our um, cognitive thoughts are, our, the voice inside of our head, that's mm. the frontal lobe. And it goes right to the thalamus, which is where memory and emotion are stored. So that's why we can instantly feel something, instantly be somewhere else because of a song. Same way with smell. Yeah. Smell does the same thing. And then because it lights up the whole brain, it's more of a reaction mm. in the brain. It targets the social skills, the uh, emotion center, the memory, motor function, uh, social, I think I said social skills already, mm -hmm. but um, spatial reasoning, time reasoning, like wow. almost the whole brain lights up, language. Wow. And um, it accesses all of those different parts, which means memories of that time with that song are stored in multiple places or mm. trigger multiple neurons. So it's just, it's even more of a powerful thing. Yeah. That reminds me of how when you hear people say, um, like, oh, this, this song is like on the soundtrack to my life or whatever. Like, that's like something that they're saying is like, 
this is important to me. I can remember exactly what happened in life. You know, like, I imagine that that's probably the science behind it. Yeah, and it. The, we, there's actually a music therapy intervention called uh, Life Soundtracks. Wow. Where what, what song represents your childhood or sections of your childhood wow. by different songs and where you are now, where do you want to go in the future and listening to the album of your life. Oh, that's amazing. Oh my gosh. I could talk to you again about this like the whole time, but I do want to like get to some of the other really amazing things. Um, one thing, Jade, that I wanted uh, to kind of highlight, right? Because this, this project or this podcast is um, meant to kind of uplift and, and highlight like the differences in our community and like the differences that make I, I would say like Salt Lake City specifically, um, so so um, vibrant, I, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've talked to a lot of different types of people, but I want, if, if you're comfortable with it, again, I said we're a consent-based podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would love for you to talk um, to us a little bit about your identity mm-hmm. um, as a person who is, uh, non-bi- non-binary or how that kind of ebbs and flows. Okay. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm actually just recently trying the, the they, them. Okay. Uh, for a long time, I just kind of felt like, is that really my place to say? Which is a wildly ridiculous mm. thing to think. But mm-hmm. um, does it truly matter to me, you know, what pronoun is? And, you know, just kind of, it's such gray area to me anyway that it's like, why do I want to put a term to it? Right. You know, but right. Um, I don't know. I'm trying it out this this the last like two years, okay, a year and a half, and um, it's going pretty good. <laughs> it's it's just hard because I look I look very feminine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No matter what I do, I could wear a full three piece suit, and they'd be like, "Oh, honey, how you doing?" You know, like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm just so obscurely feminine. Yeah, and uh, so it's it's also kind of getting over that assumption part of it, and um, trying to be more visible in different mm-hmm. ways. And mm. um, but I, it was something that I've always known, you mm. know, uh, as even as a little kid, it's something that it was hard to put into terms. And that's something that I think a lot of people don't understand about the LGBTQ world is that there's a lot of discovering that this is a weird feeling Mm. or that this is not a normal, a normal thing to think about yourself or to feel. Because when you're a kid, you're just inside your own head all the time. And you're like, oh, that's fine. This is not everybody feels this way. There's no words for it because it's just human existence. And then as you grow up, you're like, oh. There's good words for that. There's bad words for that. There's all these projections and assumptions and expectations around all of those words. Right. Yeah, it's kind of figuring out what labels you want to accept, what labels you don't want to accept, what label even fits right. Mm -hmm. And it can be a lifelong journey sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, just plugging away (laughs) little by little at it. (laughs) I love that, and I love what you said and I want to say it again because I think that this is uh, really beautiful the way that you kind of put it to words when you said, like, there's when you're young, there's this thing that you're trying to, like, you, you don't have the words for, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just who you are. And I often think about that in, in a lot of different facets of our, of our identities, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, how, how they kind of develop 
but like like what would a world look like jade for you right or to you when the babies i call everyone younger than me like <laughs> younger than like 27 a baby <laughs> but the kids were allowed to just experience their life without without the words mm -hmm. i don't know that would be very interesting because on one hand they'd, they'd feel less judged there'd be more exploration more freedom mm -hmm. to explore that but sometimes I feel like terms are important. Like mm. the first time I discovered the word bisexual, mm. I was like, oh, that's what I am. You know, because sometimes there are labels out there that matter. Right. You know, you want to be proud of a certain label. But right. then other times it's it's a wall in front mm. of you. It's a hindrance. It's a it's a reason for shame. It's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's so true. Like we can hold two truths, right? Mm -hmm. We can we can say that. Like you said, in some ways, labels and some labels can be harmful. And in other ways, they can be empowering and help us understand more thoroughly mm -hmm. who we are, who the people we are around are. I, I really resonate with that, um, you know, as a, a black woman, right? <laughs> so there, there's a label right there, right? <laughs> but... Um, when I first heard the term intersectionality, um, which was a term um, that was kind of introduced into mainstream society in, I believe, the 80s um, by a black like so sociologist, and I believe her name is Kimberly Crenshaw. Um, but when I first heard that term, it opened up like, a whole world to me about who I could be as Ashley Finley, right? Like I could be this black, um, like this black woman who had all of these different facets to her. And also not only all of these different facets, right? Like, but could like all of these different issues affected me and each, of them in different ways, right? So like, I'm a black woman, okay? I'm a black fat woman, you know? I'm a black fat educated woman or whatever, you know? <laughs> like they just keep going. And because of those, those intersections of my identity, I see the world and I experience the world in a different place and I felt in a different, in different ways. And I felt really validated by that, by that term. And I know, like, people get really annoyed sometimes with, like, terminology that comes from, like, academia, right? Like, it, it can get a little bit pretentious. We know. <laughs> we know. But I think it's just, it's beautiful to be able to see the world open to you, right, in a way that maybe you hadn't seen before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's um, kind of upsetting to see, you know, the kids or people who've grown up in, with those labels that uh, there's kind of this feeling that labels are given to you. Mm. You know, you're given a label, but that's not how words should be used. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we find the little rocks on the beach that we like that are shiny and we collect them, mm. right? We, we collect the labels that are important to us. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of that culture around words, around labels. Yeah. Ooh, Jade, <laughs> I'm giving you snaps because <laughs> you're just like... I don't know. I don't know. Um, you have like this very beautiful way of kind of 
explaining these things and helping, I will say, like, me, right, in this conversation, like, helping me experience what we're talking about. And so I just want to say, oh, you're giving me chills. Music therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Okay. So music therapist, (laughs) you know, I I see you've got like a lot of things going on. So you're a photographer. You're in the martial arts. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Tell me more. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I was, I really liked martial arts when I was a kid. Uh, I never got a whole lot of opportunity to be in it because mm. uh, I we kind of grew up poor. Okay. Um, but I did have like one week of karate once, and I I lived off of that <laughs> memory of karate for months. I love. That. <laughs> I love. That. And um, you know, just just liking martial arts. I watched kung fu movies, all that stuff, and then um, you know, as you do, you date somebody who's really passionate about something. You absorb their personality mm-hmm. a little bit. We were together for about seven years. Wow. And um, he was a mixed martial artist guy. Wow. And um, was going through jujitsu, you know, Muay Thai, a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, after we separated, I still kept that part because it was very empowering, you mm. know, especially going through as a woman, going through a lot of stressful and, and traumatic things. Right. Martial arts can empower you to not only use your body, but to appreciate your body mm. as an instrument and not an ornament. Right. And um, so it's just very empowering. And I, I found when I moved out here, I found a meetup group for Tai Chi okay. and um, started going there. And he actually just opened up his studio. I want to say in February, January. Wow. Okay. And um been going there a lot and it's a Shaolin Kung Fu is what I'm focusing on right now oh wow so I don't know I'm gonna ask you exactly (laughs) what Shaolin is but I think of like um this band like Hiatus Coyote they have a song called like Shaolin Monk or something I think and like I think of like The Last Dragon (laughs) which is like (laughs) if you see The Last Dragon that you would understand why that's funny but but tell us more about what Shaolin Kung Fu is. Uh, so Shaolin, there's two different types of Shaolin, and I I'm not uh, extensively knowledgeable mm-hmm. about it, but mm-hmm. this is what I, I understand from my Shifu in this current moment. Okay. <laughs> uh, that there's two different types of Shaolin. There's the North style, which is what we study, which is the long fist. Okay. So all the forms have these long punches. Okay. And then the short... Um, the short fist is the, the southern version of Shaolin, which is all these, like, close close range combat okay. things. Okay. Uh, and Kung Fu deals with a lot of kicking, a lot of uh, splits, jumping, mm-hmm. very acrobatic martial arts. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Is So, kung, well, I guess that would make sense, right? Kung Fu movies, like, mm-hmm. that's like, <laughs> that is what you see in them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, tons of, like you said, like acrobats mm-hmm. and just like kind of really beautiful I, mm-hmm. I would say like almost like dancer-esque style mm-hmm. um, yeah and I think that's why it's called a martial art and mm-hmm. not like a a, a sport right because it's it is a type of art right you know our, our shifu says uh every once in a while that it's not a form of self-defense it can be used as that but you're supposed to feel it mm-hmm. everybody performs the forms differently because it's how they interpret it and what they feel while they're doing it and it, it mm-hmm. definitely is an art form that can be you know a, a little flashy sometimes <laughs> for movies yeah um but yeah it's, it's definitely something that has a philosophy behind it as well yeah he also says that uh kung fu or gong fu translates as hard work 
And so you're, you're supposed to push yourself specifically with Kung Fu. With, I and, love that. Yeah. And then you also do Tai Chi. Mm -hmm. And I, before we started recording, I was like, that's like with the people <laughs> in the parks, right? And it looks mm -hmm. like they're kind of like moving imaginary, like... Yeah. Sand or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's um the way to manipulate the chi around you, mm. the energy around you. Yeah, where you, where you hold the yin yang and then you cut it in half and there's all these things that you're supposed to figure out yourself because mm. it's traditionally spoke or taught without speech. Mm. And so you're supposed to learn internally what it means to you wow. and kind of explore it yourself in that way. And the there are also multiple types of tai chi. So I I learned the the Shaolin branch off of tai chi which is wudong okay or wu-tang which is the, oh, the like, old way to yeah <laughs> again i have all these pop culture references <laughs> yeah wow that mm -hmm. is so beautiful i see like kind of a a common thread like i feel like you're a very introspective person mm -hmm. and so that a lot of the things that you do or spend your time and energy on are either like these like really beautiful ways of kind of like self-discovering, but also kind of discovering the world around you and also helping people mm -hmm. discover their worlds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I want to dedicate everything I do to feeling mm. and to experience and to empower people to experience what their experiences. Yeah. To not overuse the word experience. But. No, <laughs> I think you're right. I think that's an accurate word though. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I think um, how powerful the word experience is, right? Like, like it, it's like this, this idea that we're not just kind of going through the motions of life, like, and life is not just, like, imposing itself on us, but mm -hmm. instead that we are, like, an active participant, mm -hmm. right? This is something that I've been thinking about a lot, Jade, um, as like, you know, they always say, like, when you hit 30, the whole world, is, you know, and so like, mm -hmm. that really did happen. I didn't expect it, um, <laughs> but I was like, man, these people are just exaggerating. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's something that I've been thinking about a lot because I think especially in a society um, and not to get too too deep into like I guess my own personal politics right but like a society that favors so much like grind culture and capitalism and just kind of like bypassing your life in order to make money and, and pay taxes and you know like it's so powerful and important for us to take a step back I think uh and I guess talking personally important for me to take a step back and say like no this is my life like I'm meant to mm -hmm. live it mm -hmm. not just to I guess uh just let myself be imposed upon mm -hmm. you know yeah not just be the wheel in the cog but and not just watch your life like a movie but right to, yeah be engaged in it and I think yeah. that's what like and I'll be honest and like, I'm not gonna like be like Jade therapize me but like you know I think for a long time that's what I was doing right mm -hmm. like there was like a moment in time I think especially in my youth and probably before college where I felt very like I felt very drunk on the idea of life mm -hmm. right 
and I loved everything and I loved everyone and every experience was this like beautiful, just amazing, vibrant, colorful, whatever experience, mm -hmm. right? And I was like fully in it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I think college happened and I had all these expectations of like what I was supposed to be and what that meant for me again as a first generation black college student, mm -hmm. what things I was supposed to uphold you know, and it just like continued on. And, but then there was like one day when I woke up and was like, hey, like, I don't have to do that, mm -hmm. right? And like, now I'm listening to you and I'm like, no, like Jade can do Tai Chi and Jade can be a licensed music therapist and Jade can do Kung Fu and explore all of these different things and aspects of themselves. And they can even say like, I don't know, today, like, my pronouns feel like they, them, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, that be okay and be whole. Mm -hmm. Just as that, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, so anyway. <laughs> yeah, and that kind of ties in with the, the label conversation we were mm -hmm. having about, you know, we get put of, you have to do this, you have to do that, you mm -hmm. have to be this, you have to, all these expectations and external pressures, and we, we kind of forget about our own voice inside mm -hmm. and our own labels and our own definitions. Mm. and where where we want to go and what we what's meaningful to us and right. not to the other people around us right yeah. oh my gosh beautiful do you think that like you have like the words for this thing because you spend a lot of time looking inward or do you think it's like a mixture of that with your like therapist background mm -hmm. like I don't know I think I think a lot of it is the therapy background I've always I've always just kind of been like this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was that very serious, quiet, thoughtful child. I was going to say, I could see you as like a kid, just like, mm -hmm. I okay. went to, I went to one slumber party when I was like seven and I hated it. I spent the whole time talking with the parents. Really? I was like, I don't want to watch this stupid cartoon. And I want to talk about the weather with the parents and the kids. <laughs> yeah. I, I was a very serious kid. <laughs> I love that. But uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's just the the personality that I have, mm -hmm. and then also the experiences that I've had. You know, when you when you experience a certain thing and you you lose a certain thing, you realize what you're more gra grateful for mm. and um, what you believe in more. You know, when you're challenged a little bit and uh, you survive through that, you can yeah. kind of remember, okay, this is this is actually what I want. Right, it kind of helps you prioritize a little bit. Yeah. I love that. I love what you're saying about, yeah, like challenge, right? Like challenge grows us, I think. <laughs> and um, yeah, I love how you're saying like it focuses us too, mm -hmm. right? And it's it's painful and it, it's what we want to avoid, but it's, it's also something that can result in a lot of beauty mm. and a lot of purpose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so you said that you've moved around a lot. Okay. Is that for, is that like just something kind of in your family history or is that? We're, we're kind of nomadic. Yeah. A bit. Yeah. The Burrells are nomadic. Um, I don't know. It's a, we, I, I'm from Iowa. Okay. And um, it, it just kind of started when my mom got a new job somewhere else, you know, single mom trying to make it somewhere, mm. somehow. Right. And um, we ended up moving to Wisconsin. And then from there she, um, the job we moved there for 
wasn't what she was expecting. It wasn't the same pay. It wasn't even the same job title. And it was, you know. Yeah. Like, and, no um, bait and switch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so she ended up getting into um, what my grandpa did, which was contract work for nuclear power. Mm. Um, and so she was a scheduler, which meant she moved every six months somewhere. Wow. And so um, I, I stayed in Wisconsin to go through high school. So I, I lived on my own okay. through high school. Wow. And um, then every summer I would go wor- to whatever state she was in. But then it just kind of became about, well, what college do I want to go to? It took a couple years off here and there for, you know, financial reasons, transferring schools, mm. stuff like that. Um yeah, I've, I've just, I mean, there's there's been years where I've filed taxes for three different states. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's been a lot. And even since I moved to Utah, I've moved every year in the last five years that I've I've lived here. In a new place. To a new place. I've, I've had a lot of uh, roommate drama in the last yeah. five years. <laughs> but um, I think I'm, in a, I'm, I'm at my own place now. I bought a I adopted a cat. Oh, yeah, you were telling <laughs> yeah. me about this kitty. So, I, I think I'm in a, a place where I can sit for a little yeah. while. Yeah. yeah, take a break. Yeah. Rest a bit. Yeah, <laughs> enjoy things. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The, that's really it. Enjoy, mm-hmm. enjoy things and enjoy yeah. your kitty and your yeah. new space. Um, can we talk about your photography a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So is this something that you've always done or is this a new venture? Yeah, it's uh, something that I've always done. Um, Before I wanted to be a music therapist, I wanted to be a photographer for National Geographic, which is still my plan B. Yeah, (laughs) it's going to work out. Uh, I know that you can apply for a three-year contract for for, as an amateur photographer. Wow. You don't make any money, but they you don't you also don't spend any money and they just ship you everywhere. So I'm, I'm thinking about my student loans are preventing me from doing Ugh. that. But <laughs> um, I know that struggle. Yeah. yeah, I got my first camera when I was, I want to say eight. And it was my mom's old camera. It was a film camera. Mm. And uh, we would go out to the parks in Iowa, the fields and stuff. And I would just take, you know, whatever eight-year-old kids take pictures of. Right. <laughs> Probably lots of grass. Yeah, lots like of grass, lots of blurry <laughs> Yeah, things that don't make any sense. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I just kept with it because I, I think it was kind of a, a subconscious need to find beauty in the small things because mm-hmm. uh, of all the chaos that's happened mm-hmm. and, and that was around me. I think photography gave me that I can make anything beautiful, that, that feeling, right? Yeah. I can take a picture of something and I can remember it forever and... I can be proud of it and I can mm. remember these small little moments or that how cool that leaf was or mm. I think it's just that still kind of shows in my style of photography I'm very much a, a texture photographer okay that's amazing mm-hmm. I can what was it say it again I can make anything beautiful mm-hmm. oh <laughs> <laughs> it's so out there good. <laughs> so good I don't know so I'm partial I I won't say partially. One of the things I do, because we live in like a gig economy, right? And so there's like all of these millions of things. But one of the things I do is I'm a poet. And so I just love like hearing words and hearing the way people say words. And so that, if you are wondering why I'm obsessed with like, <laughs> like, like taking kind of like a snapshot of 
something that I heard you say. It's because of that. It sounds like poetry. <laughs> Thank I you. I can make anything beautiful. Gosh. <laughs> that should be your next thing. You should just become a poet, okay? <laughs> I'm working. That's one of my things that I'm, I, it's on the to-do list. Yes. Yes. Let's connect. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. So, I mean, we've talked about so much. Um I am so kind of like I, I'm just like really grateful for this opportunity to talk to you and and to hear your perspective and your experience and again the way you just kind of say poetry just like talking, right? <laughs> um but I also am curious, so so you're in Utah now, you've been here for five years. Um this community, this is this is part of your community. What do you hope to see for for this for Utah? Mm. Open mindedness. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's very it's very white bread here. Mm -hmm. It's very everybody the same note, same tone, same houses. Mm. There, there's and then there's the the anti culture of just 100% individuality, you know, right. there's, there's such a counterculture here. And um, I, I kind of wish to see people get together a little bit more, yeah. you know, kind of share a little bit of their, their wisdoms to each other and, and um, I don't know, not be so separated. Yeah, it's very separated here. Yeah, we are. There's a lot of expectation here. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. There's so much expectation and separation. And I think what you said is really accurate. I was kind of talking um, to somebody about this. Like like you said, like there's a very kind of thick and heavy pervasive culture, right? Mm -hmm. And then the folks who don't feel welcomed or in line with that culture, like, like you said, they like go and they make this very mm -hmm. strong like anti-culture. Mm -hmm. And so what does that mean for folks who either grow up here, live here, move here, who are somewhere in the middle, who are like, ah, you know, I'm just I'm just doing me. Like, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It makes it hard to, to fit in a category mm -hmm. here. You know, there there's a lot of categories here. Mm. And it's just um Kind of a bummer. I don't know how else to explain it. It's yeah. just, yeah. And, and being from out of state, it's kind of hard to to put yourself into the community because it seems like everybody here is, you know, they have all the friends that they have, mm -hmm. and they they already have excess amount of family and yeah. friends and things to do, and and which is has not been my experience with all the all the moving that I've done. Yeah. You know, usually people are like, oh, you're interesting. Tell me everything about what snow looks like, right. you know? Tell me everything about what the desert's like. And, I love that. And Utah is just, everybody's so busy here. They're, I, they're too busy, they can't be bothered. Oh, I agree. I agree with that. <laughs> and it's so, you're right. Like, I go to other places and I say, like, now, you know, I'm like, in even like a place like New York or a, like, you know, I go back to California or... 
I go to Chicago or wherever, you know, and folks are like, what? You're from Utah. That's interesting. Like, let's talk about that because I heard some stuff or, you know, (laughs) or I've seen pictures on calendars because, you know, they see like the arches, like the Moab. Um, How is that? And and then like even further, like, how is that as a transplant there? You know, like, how did you go from L.A. to to Salt Lake City and what's mm-hmm. kept you there. And and you find these ways of like connecting with folks, but you're right. The conversation seems to just kind of stop here sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're oh. from blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're here now? Okay, you're here now. <laughs> yeah. That's it, you know? <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's such a beautiful, uh, uh, like an underworld almost of, of Salt Lake. Mm. There's all of these, um, uh, there's a huge refugee population here compared to a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And yet Salt Lake City is known as like Mormon capital. Like yes. why, aren't, why aren't we known for more things? Why aren't we? There's so much going on here and we're just, everything is just covered under up radar. under the rug. Yeah. Why aren't we known for more <laughs> things? And also why doesn't the community, I think, as a whole, like the large community, like, open open and kind of um I don't know how to say it like because I don't want to I don't want it to seem like I'm saying like why doesn't the community community assimilate those smaller communities that's not what I'm saying it's like why aren't we interacting with each other in in authentic in authentic positive ways Mm -hmm. it's like we're interacting with each other especially now out of like really charged and sometimes hurtful ways you know yeah um that you know that kind of reminds me of um how mississippi was we were kind of talking about that mm-hmm. it's just very everything is a is an arm's length away nothing ever gets a little you know it gets deep enough yeah. or personal enough it's very everybody sit up straight like we're being watched exactly yeah it's kind of like that out here Oh, it is. I think you're right. Wow, yeah. But I think like people just think of Mississippi, right? And 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 that's and that's like one of the things. Like they'll always say, like Mississippi's like 50 years behind everybody. I'm like, well, kind of. Also, have you been to Salt Lake? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? Have you been to most of the country? <laughs> have you been to most the whole the most of the country is behind. 50 years behind most of the country. Mm-hmm. It's like, like the country has a social media and we, we have this idea that it's more progressive than it is. I we, agree. We think about that false facade more than we think about the reality of where we're at. I agree. It's a cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. Because this is something I've been like writing about a lot because it's like, even in Utah, like if we want to bring it back to this kind of like more micro right like (laughs) salt lake city like lauds themselves as like this kind of wonderful beautiful place right that's like super all-inclusive and super like they're doing their best to you know become techie and like (laughs) like (laughs) catch up and stuff but then like so if that's like the image that you hold or the image that you the truth i guess that you want to create then it's really hard to look on the flip side of that, that that in a lot of ways you're not cutting it. Like yeah. the community is not cutting it. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You like, instead you just say like, no, that's not true. We are cutting it, mm-hmm. you know, like, 
it's hard to say that Salt Lake City is the place, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're having like police brutality every other week, mm-hmm. you know, or you know, whatever. I'm trying not to mm-hmm. get too yeah. like political, but, mm-hmm. but you know, or like a lot of your your sub communities are or are repressed and oppressed in certain ways, you mm-hmm. know, but. Or there's no resources for your unsheltered communities, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, which one is the truth? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think the the idealism of, of America as a country is just perfectionism, mm. Mm. you know? And when, when things aren't perfect, there's, you know, that, that radical denial. Mm. And I think that's what's part of that culture that's gotten into gotten us into that mess of just avoiding things that are wrong, Mm -hmm. of denying things that are wrong and things that are happening and what is truth. And there's only one truth, which is very perfectionism, right? Mm. There's all of it's true. Mm -hmm. And all of it's not true. All all of it. (laughs) I love it. No, no, no. Keep going. (laughs) You know, all of it is what it is. Maybe not in the terms that we understand, but you know, all of it's out there Mm -hmm. and it's, it's part of the truth. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, the idea of perfectionism and, and trying to maintain a facade like that is destroys a person inside as an individual mm. and destroys a community mm. as well. It's too much pressure. Yeah. It's so much pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, if we could start kind of like how you have gotten, like, start with ourselves, you mm-hmm. know? start saying like you said all of all of this is true sometimes none of it's true one day some of it might be true Mm -hmm. (laughs) and other days another part of it might not be true for Mm -hmm. me you know like that's where we have to start Mm -hmm. and then we can like like then I can I can be in community with Jade right because I've done the work that I I or I'm doing the work that I need to be doing to accept me as a whole person, whether or not that shifts mm-hmm. from day to day, right? Like that's all part of my story and that's all part of who I am. And when I can come to terms with that, then yes, I can come to Jade and I could say, Jade, we're siblings, you know, <laughs> like we're in community with each other. You are my neighbor. Let's work on, let, let's work together, mm-hmm. you know, let's mm-hmm. love on each other. Let's nurture each other. And then, Jade goes to someone else and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just, and it, it creates this like wonderful ripple effect. Right. But I think it has to start there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I, I really <laughs> love that you use the word sibling, mm. you know, cause it, it creates that, that natural nurture and the love, mm-hmm. but it also siblings fight. Mm. Siblings aren't perfect with each other. And that sometimes because it's not a chosen relationship. It's right. like a forced relationship, but it can still be the most important relationship you have. Yeah. And um, I also think that, yeah, individuality is, is very important. You know, I think activists struggle with that sometimes of the problem is so big. How can mm. one person change anything? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's the key is to think about, well, what are my strengths? What do I believe in? Mm-hmm. And that have your own soul guide you to where you want to go. Yeah. Instead of, trying to figure out what is expected of you and where you should go. Where do you feel like going? Yeah. Where do you feel like dedicating yourself to? And use your strengths for that. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And then that way, I think your most sincere and authentic work does come, come mm-hmm. forth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, authenticity. Authenticity. Yeah. That's all we need. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, I guess, not really in the same vein, but kind of, I guess, a similar question. What's something you know now that you either wish you could, like, tell your younger self, former self, um, or that you wish that you had known then? Mm. I don't know. I think on the questionnaire I wrote something about um, you don't have to fit into a category. Uh, If you find a label that you identify with, you don't have to then become that label. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to be exactly what you think you are. Mm -hmm. You can just be without limits. But I think on top of that, um, that the uh, where you're at isn't where you're always going to be. That it's always going to change. That definition of that label is going to change. Where you sit right now is going to change. The environment around you is going to change. And Mm -hmm. so if it's good times, appreciate it. If it's bad times, know that it's going to go away and that things are going to get better. Or at least change. Yeah, at least change. Mm -hmm. I really love that because sometimes, especially I think now, we were talking about this a little bit earlier too. Mm -hmm. Y'all, we had like this whole great conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we were talking about, especially in these times Mm -hmm. right now with everybody kind of being like having no choice, right? But to be like kind of glued to the constant newsreel or... Mm -hmm whatever, you know, social media chaos is going on, you know, it seems like this is, like, it's going to be forever. Mm-hmm. And, like, that this is the reality from now until eternity. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think, like, well, okay, it might be, right? We're, like, we might just have this kind of global pandemic or whatever mm-hmm. from now until whenever the earth it's just like, I'm done with y'all, you know? Very soon. <laughs> She's like, I've been trying to tell you, and you don't want to listen. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, and if that's true, then that means that we've got to make changes, mm-hmm. right? Like, then we've got to evolve, and we have to somehow adjust mm-hmm. to that truth, right? Or that reality. But if it's not true then it's going to change, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And we've got another chance. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? You know, yeah. like, who knows which one of those is true, but... Yeah, yeah, and it's... it's. Um, I think that's why that introspection is can be very important sometimes, because when things seem so big, is, is, our, is climate change going to ever be addressed? Mm. Is racism ever going to be addressed? Mm. Is, you know, are, are these things ever going to change? Are we ever going to get anywhere? And it can feel like that sometimes in your own personal journeys. Like for me, I, I, I've lost about 90 pounds. Wow. And, um, that, that took 10 years, Yeah. you know, and through that whole time, I never felt like I saw any progress because it happened so slowly. Wow. It happened so, um, not forcefully, but at the same time, if I didn't change my behavior, if I didn't believe in the goal that I was going for, I never would have gotten there mm. and things would have changed for the other direction. Right. Mm. And I think that's, that's 
kind of the journey and the accountability we have to take for social justice as mm -hmm. well is we might not see, you know, as, as people in our thirties now, we might not see the end result of our goal because it happens so slowly, mm -hmm. but I'm excited about Gen Z. Mm. They, I, they give me life. I'm so excited. <laughs> I saw this like meme online and it was like, <laughs> it was like Gen Z, um, what did they say? It's like Gen Z skips three meals a day and drinks eight coffees, picks up a, a uh, like goes to a protest, picks up um, a tear gas can and throws it back at a SWAT team, but be afraid to like call and make their own talk. Yes. <laughs> and I was dying. I was mm -hmm. like, you're so right. I'm like, mm -hmm. and I just put, I was like, I'll, I'll make it. Just let me know who I need to call and I'll call and make that appointment. <laughs> but it was just like talking about how fearless they are. Mm -hmm. Because you're right, they see the bigger picture, mm -hmm. right? They see that, like, I think in a lot of ways we see that, you know, like mm -hmm. like those of us, like you said, who are in our 30s, <laughs> like we'll, progress is slow and sometimes we get maybe burnt out about it. But mm -hmm. but I feel like the Gen Zers, like they're mm -hmm. just like, no, like we're not tolerating that. And mm -hmm. however long it takes to get this, the, for this fight to be won, we're fighting it tooth and nail every mm -hmm. single step of the way. Mm -hmm. And if that means I got to pick up tear gas and throw it back <laughs> and not eat breakfast this morning because I got to be at the Capitol at nine, you know, mm -hmm. like then that means that's yeah. like what it is. And I think that's where the open mindfulness and just the mindfulness in general comes into play because mm. We have to learn to accept the new ideas that come in and not be so afraid of that change. And mm -hmm. well, we used to do it this way. This mm -hmm. is how you mm -hmm. do this. And that's that's how we get stuck. We get stuck. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're so good. <laughs> you're so good. Um, okay, so honestly, I can talk to you. I can talk to you forever, <laughs> right? But before, before I guess we kind of transition into like the closing, um, What's your favorite place? What's the favorite place that you've, you've lived in? You know, that's such a hard question. I, I get to ask that a lot. I bet <laughs> people always hope it's where they're from. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I have no sort of attachment <laughs> to that uh, idea. It's hard to say because I've, I've had some very good memories and some very good, like one of my favorite running trails is actually in New Jersey. Wow. So this is old... Um, they, they dug up where the train tracks were and they put down like a gravel sand running trail. Wow. And it goes for like 30 miles and you're in the, the pine barrens and it's just really quiet, but you still smell the ocean. And oh. it's, it's one of my favorite running places, but I also hated New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> or like Mississippi. I loved taking the camera out to the swamps and I, I've been vegetarian for 12 years, but mm -hmm. I... I did have a little bit of pork while I was in Mississippi. Oh my gosh. You gotta have some barbecue. You, you can't not have barbecue in Mississippi. <laughs> and the the open mics there, and oh. like every, there was so much down there that I loved, but at the same time, I also didn't fit in yeah. in a in that area as yeah. well as you know the the liberal Yankee that I am. <laughs> right. 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 And um, yeah, I don't know. I love the mountains out here, but the air is killing me a little bit, and it. There's, there's always ups and downs, and I I kind of treasure all the places that I've been. Mm. Um, 
I, I guess I try to like the place that I'm at the most. Wherever I'm at, that's mm. that's what I like the most. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I need to take a page out of that book. <laughs> I do. Every time I leave Salt Lake, I'm like, why don't I just, especially like uh, when I went to Atlanta last year, I was like, what the hell am I doing in Salt Lake? But <laughs> like, this is Atlanta. This is Black Mecca. <laughs> Why am I not here? And the skin, like I was like, you know, the the air loves my skin. I'm a beautiful Nubian goddess. <laughs> like I was yeah. just like totally like having all of this reaction. But then I thought like, could I really live? Like, you know, I had the opportunity to interact with like Stacey Abrams when I was there. And I'm just like, I see what's going on here. And it's like, I think that the work that I do needs to be done also in Salt Lake, right? Because Atlanta's got Stacey Abrams and they've got like, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. all of these powerful initiatives. Like, mm -hmm. let's bring some of that, that Nubian goddess, like let's bring her mm -hmm. back to the desert. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she, <laughs> like, <laughs> the Queen of Sheba lived in the desert. So, right, we'll, we'll just go with that. <laughs> Let's bring her back to the desert and let's, mm. let's get to work here. Too. Go to where she's needed. Yeah. 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 So mm. um, that's beautiful. Just kind of like wherever you're at is where you love. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, I won't pressure you to sing, but I would really love if you could. <laughs> um, if I have my guitar, I would. Okay, it's okay. kind of hard to do a cappella. I understand. <laughs> do you want me to pretend to be a guitar? I'm just kidding. I'm like, brum, ba -dang, brum. yeah, here off. <laughs> it's okay. I totally understand. Um, but I would like to ask then, um, where can people find you? Find your work. Um, well, I have a uh, a website, uh, jabphotography.com. Okay. Or org. Org. <laughs> all right <laughs> and uh through there there's my instagram i don't update it a whole lot okay um i don't know i, I like to keep my facebook and my personal instagram that's a little okay. more private but <laughs> that's so understandable but mm -hmm. um just at least where people can kind of mm -hmm. look at your work and mm -hmm. maybe experience you a little bit outside of this conversation mm -hmm. so we'll um update that link in the the show notes so folks can link to you and okay. link to your work um before we do go I would love to, we were talking about this so um you kind of mentioned that you were a huge fan of x-men right and yeah. so here on oh thanks on the podcast, um it's our favorite thing to kind of gift our guest with a comic book um and these comic books are provided by black hat comics and they're specially picked and curated for our guests. And so you mentioned that you were a huge fan of kind of, of the X-Men, mm -hmm. right? And kind of that um, that notion of like these powerful mutants who like changed the world, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, Black Hat Comics chose this uh, comic book specifically for you. And what it is, it's about a girl who starts to kind of, I, well, maybe she's a woman. I don't know. She's <laughs> like, I don't know her age, okay? <laughs> but <laughs> she starts to realize something about herself and realize a transition happening not only in the world around her, um, but in, in herself. And so it's about her journey 
kind of understanding and accepting the power of that transition to also um, use that power to kind of, you know, change the world that, that mm -hmm. she lives in. And it's really beautiful. Um, it's kind of like an art deco kind of art style. Um, and so we wanted to gift this to you and I hope you like it and I hope you let us know like how you like it. Oh yeah, it. I'm gonna and go home and read this. <laughs> it's called Moonstress. Nice. <laughs> so here it's you It's perfect, are. I love it. Yeah, it looks really beautiful. I'm super, I'm like, I wanna be Jade because I wanna get this, but I'll probably just go to Black Hat Comics <laughs> and support local. <laughs> but um, Jade, thank you so much for talking mm -hmm. with me and sharing and being vulnerable. I know you were saying you're a bit of an introvert, so, yeah. but I just wanna thank you so much for just kind of letting me pry into your life a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, it was, it was more fun than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna take that as a personal compliment. <laughs> um, but as always, we here at uh, Mocha Talk and Caffeine Dreams wanna thank our sponsors so much. Um, Watchtower Coffee and Comics, Black Cat Comic, or oops, sorry, yeah, Wasa. <laughs> Can we edit this part? <laughs> Watchtower Coffee and Comics, Black Cat Comics, and Rusted Box Records. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Mocha Talk and Caffeine Dreams. Be sure to follow us online at Mocha Talk Podcast on Facebook and Instagram or on our website at mochatalkpodcast.com. Special thanks to our sponsors, Watchtower Coffee and Comics, Rusted Box Records, and Black Cat Comics. We'll see you on the next episode.